It's always amazing to see you. So glad to see you. And uh, almost all of you look wonderful. <laughs> Actually, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm so grateful that we can be together and enjoy worshiping together. It's, it's just fabulous. We are beginning a new series today, and it's called Missing Peace. Missing Peace, P-E-A-C-E. We're going to be looking at uh, mental health together, and we're going to be looking at several topics, but today is kind of foundational as we lay the groundwork to build off of on these topics I'll tell you about a little bit later. Uh, today is dangerous myths about mental health, and we're going to uh, address some of those today so we can look at specific helps for us in a moment. Now, I bet it's no surprise to you that researchers are at a frenzy right now studying the trends, and uh, they have discovered something. They've discovered that mental health disorders are on the rise. Any, anybody surprised by that? Yeah, on the rise, big time. Um, what kind of mental health disorders, uh, anxiety disorders, depressive disorders, obsessive compulsive and related disorders, sleep-wake disorders, substance-related disorders? Um, there's some research that has been done and it's out there for us to take a look at and they're giving some reasons. Of course, they're not gonna address some of the spiritual reasons, these researchers, and I'll be getting into some of those kinds of things, but some of the reasons they're giving is the impact of social media. Interestingly enough, many studies have linked social media use to poorer mental health outcomes, especially among younger people. Research has shown that excessive time spent using social media was associated with anxiety, depression, negative body image, and psychological distress. Some forms of social media use it's interesting that studies would say this, particularly Facebook, Snapchat, and YouTube were linked with higher levels of self-reported depressive symptoms. Research has shown that limiting social media use reduces mental health problems. One study found that college students who limited social media use for three weeks showed significantly reduced loneliness and depression compared to those with unlimited use. So in three weeks' time, they could turn a lot of this around. And this is interesting. So that was one area. The second area is the impact of the pandemic. Surprised? No, not at all. Globally, anxiety and depression increased by 25% during the first year of the pandemic. And then, you know, this just researched out. Um, third area, greater isolation and loneliness. So this was already a rising problem before the pandemic, greater isolation and loneliness. The pandemic just made it worse. There were already trends like decreased community involvement in our culture in America, and fewer people getting married and having children has contributed to poorer mental health outcomes. Now, I wouldn't have thought that. That's interesting. People are not committing to one another. People are not committing to be about their children, and it's just affecting uh, mental health in this self-centered world in which we live in. Now, it makes sense that older adults are at an increased risk for loneliness. The surprise, however, is that the research data shows that young adults aged 16 to 24 were the loneliest group in Western countries. 
even lonelier than older adults. Researchers linked the prevalence of loneliness in this group partly to social media use. Now, the fourth thing that's interesting is the substance abuse connection. Roughly 50% of individuals with severe mental disorders are affected by substance abuse. 37% of alcohol abusers and 53% of drug abusers also have at least one serious mental disorder. Of all people diagnosed as mentally ill, 29% use alcohol or drugs. So there is a strong connection between substance abuse and mental health disorders. So in this series, we're going to be covering anxiety, depression, worry, negative thinking, trauma, and burnout. So those are coming in succession in the next six weeks. We have a seven-week series here today starting. Now, before we begin to grapple with this, these subjects, we need to address some of the misconceptions and myths about mental health and lay a basic foundation. So let's get started. Myth number one. Here it is. They have mental issues. That's the myth. When you project it out on somebody else that they're the ones that have issues, we need to just... Uh, Hit this one right up front uh, that they aren't the only ones with mental issues. And so let's just own it. We all have issues and we need to work on our own mental health. We will be talking about this a little bit more pointedly as we go. So since the fall of mankind, nobody is mentally healthy all the time. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But what God did for us was made it possible to address every area where we fall short of his glory for us. The design that he made for us, he has done something about it through Jesus Christ. And so we're going to capitalize on that and, and camp out on that every week in different ways. But uh, one way to put it is this, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24, this is Paul writing to a uh, church in Thessalonica, that's why we call it Thessalonians, <laughs> Thessalonians, okay? May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Now, what is Paul trying to say here? Now, he is saying that God is sent him, sent his son Jesus, and because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, and because we were able, if we chose to, accept his invitation, unite with what he did on the cross, and lay our old selves down with him in the grave so that he could spiritually raise us up to be a new person, a spiritually empowered person. He now washes us clean and 
sanctifies us. That word is a word that washes us clean and sets us apart. It's the same root word as the word holy. It's all based on who God is himself. He is clean, pure, set apart, utterly set apart from all other beings, but now he sets us apart in union with him for doing his purposes and being able to live according to his purposes. Then we see these other phrases, sanctify us through and through, may your whole spirit, soul, and body. We are complex beings because we are created in the image of God and God himself is a complex and mysterious being. He's three in one. And so he created us human beings as three in one, spirit, soul, and body, to reflect who he is, okay? And he is now purifying and setting us clean, washing us clean in our whole being. So every mental illness issue is not just mental, okay? And we're gonna get into some of this. So he is setting us clean and setting us apart and he's working on us through and through spirit, soul, and body. Let me just talk that through a little bit. When we were born, we were born into a fallen world. What does that mean? The first pair of human beings who were perfect, were, they were alive spiritually, they could see God and walk with God, talk with God, and they w- had a soul as well as spirit, and in their soul that encompasses our mind, our will, our emotions, who we are inside, um, and they have a body, and all three of these come together. If you ask me who I am, I'm spirit, soul, and body, but I wasn't always spirit, soul, and body. I was soul and body. My human spirit was dead because of what Adam and Eve did. Born dead to God because of their sin and my sin nature inherited from them. Upon uniting with Jesus Christ, there's a regeneration that takes place where my human spirit that's dead is resurrected and I'm flooded with his spirit. Now we're walking in union together and then this union together now, the spirit, soul, and body is being sanctified through and through, okay? Set apart, washed clean. But notice it's not all completely done yet. Be kept blameless at a coming of Our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you, is faithful. So, I want to illustrate how the best version of ourselves doesn't happen all at once, even when we turn to Jesus Christ and we are saved and sanctified, past tense. If you read the New Testament, you'll, you'll discover that this saved sanctified, has a present tense usage. He is saving and sanctifying us. And he, it has a future tense that we're looking forward to at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it doesn't happen all at once, but it completely revives you and changes you. And so I want to describe what that looks like for me. Even this week, I, have, I, I haven't practiced this, so I hope it works. Uh, this is aluminum foil just in case it's hard to tell. And um, we are created, if we're gonna use this as an object lesson, this is me, okay? Uh, Aluminum foil, I'm created to reflect the glory of God. 
And, and you can kind of get that by seeing all the shining, glimmering thing that uh, is taking place in who I am created to be. Now, sometimes I am on top of the world. I'm in the zone. I'm feeling like this is, this is the life. I'm filled with the Spirit, and the Spirit is flowing through me, and I know these at work, and we're partnered together, and it's awesome. And I say things like, you know what? You can give me a million dollars, but I'm not going to give up what I do. Because a million dollars is, that, that, I mean, I'm not doing this for money. This is like amazing to be in the zone and be with God in such a way where I see God at work and doing amazing things. I can change from that on the same day. One thing happens and all that changes. I quit. <laughs> I'm just, I'm done. This is just not worth it. What is the deal with that? So what that looks like in reality, sometimes I feel like this glory, 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 and then I go to this, I am done. Something gets all watered up, and I'm a watered up mess inside. And, and as that big wad, the hardest it is to admit it, it hurts the people around me. I'm a watered up mess, and I, and I have to kind of, Deal with it. So can I just honestly say this happened this week? Okay? Here I am, preparing for the mental health series. <laughs> and I'm a wadded up mess. Not once, <laughs> but repeatedly through the week. And it's like, okay. So th- I'm just illustrating the fact that it's a journey as well as a a a fact that we need to rely on. The good news is, if I really crank down on this, um, I wouldn't be able to undo it without hurting myself, okay? But I I have to illustrate it, hoping that this works, that it didn't really crank down on it, because God, even when you're really cranked down and you're hardened in this wadded mess where you think God could never use you, he can breathe life into you, and he'll very carefully undo Things And you even begin to feel like things are shifting inside of you. He starts from the inside. And he starts very carefully piecing you back to the design that he had for you. And he's, maybe this won't work. <laughs> it certainly won't work while I'm talking. And there's something that happens when he does this. Maybe we won't be able to see it, but even as he does this, he can smooth out, spiritually speaking, the wrinkles of our lives. Now, even right here, you can see, there's, do you see more shine than before? Just all over, shining even right through the wrinkles. The grace of God is shining right through the wrinkles. Now, what he does, though, is makes it possible, oh, we got a little hole. <clears throat> Let's just say I did that, And if you held it up to the light, it's like shining through, you know? All right, so the point being that God is very gentle and very good at what he does. Reviving you spiritually, connecting you with yourself so that you're no longer a conflicted, watered-up mess where you can't even process and figure out why you keep thinking this stuff and why this shame is there. Uh, 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 uh. And you just go to God and worship and inside 
something shifts and the God of peace begins to go to work. We're going to be talking that through as we go. So in my own words, Paul is saying something like this. And so now in my own words, I'm just going to free flow a little bit from that verse. May the God who brings inner calm and wholeness and completeness make you more and more like him in every aspect of your life, body, soul, and spirit. May he purify you spiritually and transform you into the best version of yourself you can possibly be. Jesus made this possible for you. Count on it. Look to him for it. Trust him for it. That's what he's saying. He's at work. And he can keep you. And he can keep working with you. And he'll keep pulling the things back open so that you are whole and reflecting him more and better and looking more and more like Jesus as we go. That's what we're talking about. So myth number one, they have mental issues? No, we all need to work at maintaining mental health. Myth number two, mental illness is always a sin issue. Now, depending on what you mean, that's correct, but most people think it's that person's sin, and that's why they have a mental health issue. It's not a personal direct correlation, okay? We are in a fallen world, and some issues that are taking place in terms of mental health are not because of a person's sin directly, and we need to talk that through a little bit. We live in a fallen world. The Bible is very clear that physical maladies are not always directly caused by sin, but these maladies are called by a, caused by a fallen world. I have said over and over again, even if you're saved, this is not heaven yet, right? Our experience is not heaven yet. There's a gap. That's why Jesus says, you know, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's still this gap that we're praying his kingdom down into our own experience. Mental illness can be caused by physical factors. It's not all mental. It can be caused by physical factors. It can be a biological imbalance issue where medications are a helpful piece of the treatment. Mental health can be affected by physical exhaustion. Mental health can be affected by traumatic experience. Mental illness can be caused by spiritual factors as well. So I don't want to get into the story, but I just want to highlight one example in Scripture where Elijah, man, he was the hero of heroes in terms of the prophets. He stood against 450 prophets of Baal all alone and calls his nation back away from their fallen ways and confronts the prophets of Baal. And miracle takes place. And jot this down and go check it out because I'm not gonna give you the details. 1 Kings 18 and 19. 1 Kings 18 and 19. When he does all of this, it is amazing. He's like a hero. Now, the next day, he's a zero. (laughs) Not because of his sin. He goes from hero to zero in one day. He's fearless in one day. The next day, he's running for his life. I mean, and he runs almost physically impossible run, which I think God helps him. But he 
sets himself down under a broom tree, which we have around here, by the way, and, and he just is ready to die, and he tells God so, that he's ready to die. He's just done. He's cooked. He's overspent, and he's asking God to just let him die. How do you go from hero to zero in one night? Well, I just explained to you how it works for me, and Elijah experienced it as well. And so, read it. Check it out. God is so good and gives him what he needs so gently, so kindly to bring him back to a place where the balances are back in place because he was cooked. He was depleted. It was spirit, soul, and body together that brought him to that place, utterly exhausted and spent, and he needed God. Ever been there? You ever wonder how you got there? Sometimes you can't even tell how you got there. Elijah was out of his head, couldn't figure it out bad. Just kill me now. I'm done. Read about it. So, God wants to transform you into the best version of you through and through, spirit, soul, and body. The church can make a huge mistake of always seeing everything as it relates to mental health through only one lens. They see it only through the spiritual lens. But in talking about Elijah, we need to see it through the body lens, the soul lens, and the spiritual lens, and try to figure out what's going on here. The first thing God did was minister to his body. Check it out. So, myth number two, mental health is always a sin issue. No, sin is not always the direct issue at hand. Myth number three, God is opposed to psychological help. God is opposed to psychological help. Correction, God is opposed to ungodly counsel, but he is not opposed to psychology. What is psychology? Psychology is simply the study of the mind and how the mind works and how the mind affects us. Psychology is something that God knows all about. And so I want to give you just one example. Romans 12, 2 on the screen. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Okay, so if you're conforming to the pattern of this world, you're going to address all your health concerns and your mental health concerns only in a worldly method. We're trying to give you more tools than just a worldly method. And some worldly methods are just flat wrong and the counsel is bad. But some worldly methods are helpful, maybe a helpful piece of the treatment for what kinds of things you're dealing with. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but instead of being conformed, be transformed by the renewal or the renewing of your mind. So there is ancient history before psychology and the study of our soul, psych, that's the same word, okay? Um, mind, will, and emotions. Before psychology came into a, an official study, uh, we, the Bible already nails it. We've got to learn how to approach these things by renewing the twists and the shifts and the, the wads that's taking place, even the patterns in our mind, and the scripture really helps us. Then with that ironed out a bit, 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. But you'll notice that you're renewing your mind with truth, renewing your mind with God's truth, renewing your mind with what God has to say about who we are and what he's done for us and how to have that affect us. So on the screen, let's put this all together. Our mental health is not a static thing, but something that needs to be seeded, rooted, nurtured, trained, and protected. So how are you seeding your thoughts? Are you seeding your thoughts with seedy things? (laughs) Or are you seeding your thoughts with God's truth? Are you seeding your thoughts in such a way that's adding to your mental health? Or are you pouring into your mind all those things which uh, you shouldn't be? I mean, Paul tells us whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is uh, pure, right, lovely, admirable, if anything is praiseworthy or excellent, think about such things. So whatever you're picking and choosing to listen to or take in through books or watch in media, is it those things or is it trash, horror, fear, and all this kind of stuff that you're panting planting within your mind, and you're wondering, why am I so anxious? Why am I depressed? Why am I struggling with my psyche here? Um, you gotta be careful what you're seeding. You gotta be careful how you're digging roots in. What, what ground are you digging roots into? And what, it, what is it you're developing with your thought life? Because all of that affects your mental health. Are you missing peace? God is not opposed to you getting psychological help. Getting help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. Let me say that again. Let me have you write it down. (laughs) Getting help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. A lot of us, (laughs) particularly us males, we don't ask for directions. We don't want to admit that we don't know. We don't want to admit that we're messed up. We don't want to admit that we need help. We're normal. And it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom to seek help. And I hope that you'll commit to the help that you'll be receiving in this series also. But let's not stop short of the real help Many are only seeking the kind of help that the world has to offer, and there's so much more. John 14, 27, we read this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. This is Jesus. It's all about receiving peace. I used to think that joy was something that we could kind of manufacture by doing all the right things. I used to think that peace is something you get as a result of all the right choices. I'm beginning to think that really, true peace, not as the world gives, true joy, not not the stuff that we just misassociate with happiness and what's taking place. Joy is a gift from God. Peace is a gift from God. True love, deep love, selfless love, is a gift from God that flows right through us so that we can love. These gifts, it's interesting that Jesus said this because he said this the night before 
he was crucified and he knew he was going to be. So he's, he's full of peace and he's giving peace when, from a worldly perspective, he's going to face the darkest, most unimaginable suffering possible. And it's because of that he's able to give us peace. My peace I give you. Let's talk about the next steps that I'm encouraging you to think about. Uh, On the screen is a picture now called Wisdom for Mental Health. I lifted this directly out of the YouVersion Bible app because they have all kinds of plans that you can do reading plans. This particular plan, if you want to write it down, Wisdom for Mental Health, is a five-day reading plan that is just going to get you kind of revved up on this track if you want to do that this week, a five-day reading plan. If you already have a reading plan, you're into the Word, and you don't want to just uh, derail yourself, that's fine. But if if you're kind of thinking, this would be helpful, these tools that are going to get me thinking in the right ways for how to receive the peace from God, that's... That may be a good starting point for you to take some steps. That's where I'm taking it today. Um, I want to thank you if you came today. Guests in particular, if this is your first day here, we really hope that you're encouraged that you're going to come back for the rest of this and hear uh, the different pieces on the topics. Today's a little different and then I'm laying the foundation for those topics, but I hope that you'll be encouraged to come back. We do have for you guests these connect cards in the chair back in front of you. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to give you a little bit more information about ourselves and we have a gift for you if you fill this out just in case few seconds, walk to the information table. We've got a gift bag with some information as well as some gifts that you can take home with you. We need the prayer team to go make their way over to the prayer area, and uh, that's an option for you. If you're struggling right now, I wouldn't want you to go away feeling like, well, that's good, but I need more than that. Um, Well, prayer is more than that. If you'd like to receive some prayer, it doesn't have to be about mental health. Don't feel like, oh, wow, I don't want to walk in front of everybody, and they're going to look at me like I'm on that case. Hey, we're all in that cases. (laughs) told you I just this week was a wadded mess. Now, because I've already done this, I wasn't just a little bit wadded. I was really wadded up. Kind of hard, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So if, if you feel a little awkward, that's okay. We've got another way you can put a prayer request in. There's a card about prayer. Fill out a little something there. Our staff will be praying for you tomorrow afternoon over these prayers. Would you join me in prayer now? Father in heaven, you are the God of peace who brings inner calm and completeness. You are the one who makes us more and more like your son Jesus in every aspect of our life, body, soul, and spirit. We ask you to purify us spiritually and transform us into the best version of ourselves we can possibly be. Lord Jesus, thank you for making this possible for us. Holy Spirit, thank you for applying what God wants, God the Father. And Jesus, God the Son, thank you for obeying the Father and giving us what we need. God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit, we are counting on it. We pray all this as we've been taught. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next week.